0: Welcome to Nicosia and CAD. In the summer heat we discuss politics and politics only. We touch on the latest developments in the eastern Mediterranean and how Cyprus is caught in the middle of it all, on the Turkish Cypriot leadership elections and on how the issue of Varosha is in the spotlight once again on the island. Hello and welcome to Nicosia and CAD. Hello Kemal.
1: Hello Andromany, how are things?
0: Uh, everything is fine, hot as you might know
1: Well, you will be surprised, but uh, it's also very hot here, so
0: <laughs> Oh, it doesn't stop on the buffer zone, yes, huh? yes.
1: <laughs> Tell us what's going on
0: Well, I think we're back in a COVID-19 hype and mode uh, with new restrictions when it comes to the obligatory use of face masks in internal spaces and in places where there are a lot of people. Just a while ago, it was announced that uh, the ban in concerts, in exhibitions and in big gatherings will be extended up until January 2021, so it is becoming clear that this thing has not been eradicated and all of these measures were deemed necessary after a spike in in cases in the south. Uh, How are things in the north when it comes to cases? I mean, was there an increase as well?
1: The turning point for us was 1st of July when we started to have flights. Up until then we had zero cases, but since then we are having occasional cases. And um, every time there are new um, hikes, there is a sense of panic because of the lack of a pandemic hospital. So um, it seems that uh, we are okay, still doing fine. Uh, we occasionally have few cases every now and then. The problem is how to control the people um if they are having cases because we also ask for double PCR from the people who come from Turkey but also the biggest issue is this hospital that needs to be reserved for uh, for pandemic for this uh, virus so it seems that we are going to have a new hospital to be built soon um and this is what's being discussed at the moment people are get used to the idea of you know having uh, a normal life and then occasionally there there is panic and then and the entire social media is full of discussions but then we are going back to our normal lifestyles.
0: No, I think I think there is a sense of, of people being tired of this whole situation and you, people need to feel that things are normal and they clearly are not normal. I mean, we don't live in normal conditions and uh, we, we will not go back to normal conditions at least for a while. Uh, the good news is that just like in the north, in the south as well, the, the number of people in intensive care is still kept uh, very low. So So, Yes there is an increase in cases but this does is not reflected in an increase in people being hospitalized in in a drastic at least increase in people being hospitalized so that is um at least a positive thing but yeah i would say covid-19 in, is the major issue of discussion in the south and of course everything that happens in the eastern mediterranean the confrontation between greece turkey and cyprus when it comes to the maritime zones uh, in the region so you know, uh, August is always a month with very limited news and this hype in Eastern Mediterranean deliberations and developments is clearly dominating the news at the moment and you've got a very extensive diplomatic sort of deliberations at the moment that are taking place at an EU level and all of those issues are, uh, are kept in the spotlight. So I would say these are the two issues that uh, dominate the discussion in the South. How about in the North?
1: Well, apart from the COVID, um, we are lucky enough to not to have anyone in the intensive care which is a a, which is good news um at the moment of this recording uh, mr erdogan was just announcing discovery of new uh, gas fields in black sea area which is supposedly 11.3 tcf um not small not very very big um i think leviathan is 18 so the it's it's value depends on how they will be able to extract it, whether it will be economically viable. So this is another uh, new thing that is coming into the agenda in the North. We have the elections. There was a a, a recent um, poll which shows that Mr. Akıncı is leading and uh, followed by Mr. Erhürman and Mr. Tatar. And news about Varosha is also um, again on the news. It seems that it is being driven by by Turkey and Mr. Tatar and the coalition government uh, they're cooperating. And uh, there was another statement by Mr. Uh, Tatar saying that they will they've completed the preparations, so very soon they will open Warosha. And um, so these are the, the issues that are dominating in the, the agenda. Of course, uh, again again in August um, people are, are a little bit in the summerish mood. So uh, we'll see how things will, will evolve over the course of the, the time. Tell us a little bit more about the developments in Ismet and in the Turco-Greco relations.
0: Well, I would say that uh, it's been a very intense month when it comes to uh, discussions on the issue. So there was the whole talk of uh, de-escalation intention and of the possibility of negotiations, or at least exploratory contacts between Greece and Turkey starting after the 24th of August. Uh, That talk... Was set aside after the agreement signed between Greece and Egypt on the uh, delimitation of their maritime zones. Uh, after that, uh, uh, Turkey dispatched um, its survey vessels in the um, in an area of the waters of Castelorizo in Greece. I mean, of um, Castelorizo is a Greek island, so Turkey um, dispatched the survey vessels uh, survey vessel off uh, that area, along with a number of military. Um, Vessels. There was a response by Greece uh, at the same time. And then, and then you had, uh, so you basically had a collapse in the talk of uh, negotiations uh, in August. But it seems that after the initial uh, sort of uh, Conflict, things are, uh, are, are in a de-escalation mode at the moment. And this was only made possible after the intervention of the international community, of course. It is clear that you have countries like the United States, Germany, uh, trying to mediate in the situation. France has also had an active role, but, but in a bit of, um, siding approach. I mean, France has clearly sided with Greece and Cyprus in this conflict, and they have even dispatched military vessels in the Eastern Mediterranean. Emmanuel Macron, the French president, was clear in stating that the the sending of those uh, frigates was done in order to show his solidarity with, uh, with Greece and Cyprus. So there is an escalation in the number of of military vessels that exist in the area, but at the same time, things have not reached that heated uh, moment uh, where one would say that uh, uh, negotiations would not be possible. And of course, I must say that this is the case, even though two uh, military vessels, one Greek and one Turkish, basically touched each other uh, in the course of this situation, but still things Aside from all the hype in the media, things are still kept uh, low and um, sort of uh, under control. Uh, when I it think comes we need
1: to mention the fact that, I mean, this is not only a simple Greco-Turkish issue anymore, and this is not only um, a Cyprus issue anymore. Things are taking place in a broader context. There are different uh, relations, different issues being um, involved in, in the area like the way France is involved in this issue also reminds us what's going on in Libya and all those positioning in other parts of Eastern Mediterranean. So the question is, are we going to have a broader, a broader arrangement? which, according to the recent statement of Mavriyanis, can work against um, Republic of Cyprus. Um, but are we going to have uh, a slice-by-slice solution to those issues?
0: But this is actually, this is, this is the main issue at the moment, because it's not only if there's gonna be a sort of a package discussion, but who will participate in that package discussion. We know that Turkey does not recognize the Republic of Cyprus. We know that Turkey, when it comes to discussions on the sharing of natural resources on the island, uh, Turkey has been promoting Kudredos Ersai as the interlocutor of the Greek Cypriot side rather than the t- Turkish Cypriot leader Mustafa Kinci who is the internationally recognized uh, leader of the Turkish Cypriot community. So there are a lot of issues that are pending and what you say about the former uh, Greek Cypriot uh, negotiator Andreas Mavroyanis it is interesting because Andreas Mavroyanis came out a few days ago and he openly said that in case a broader discussion takes place on issues related to the Eastern Mediterranean there is concern that such Cyprus will be part of this package deal, and this would make basically Cyprus be isolated or neglected because it's a very small card in a bigger array of issues that, as you say, are basically at stake at the moment.
1: Cypriots were given the chance to become uh, the the main actors in in the Cyprus deal and uh, according to the secretary general leaders failed it okay exactly. I mean, we might we all might have our own opinion who was responsible for that but then how come that Cypriots then come out and say that oh we'll be losing our focus and uh, we are going to be part of a bigger package.
0: Exactly, Kemal. And uh, it, it was interesting to hear Mavroianni saying that the Cyprus problem should stand on its own and that the European Union should be more active, etc. But the European Union spent years on the Cyprus problem, and especially in the latest round of negotiations, they had an envoy who was uh, very involved in what was taking place. Everything was taking, all the discussions were taking place under the presumption of the key. So it is indeed interesting to see how after all that effort and after so many failed attempts for the leaders of Cyprus to take up the issue in their own hands and solve it themselves. Even after the collapse of the conference on Cyprus that you mentioned, you had the Turkish Cypriot leader suggesting to the Greek Cypriot leader uh, to sign the Guterres framework as a strategic framework and to proceed to negotiations. And that was never met with any positive um, response. And so it is interesting to see how now that in this the situation is very bad not only for the for Cyprus but for the region in general uh, Cypriots are starting to realize that they are so small in this greater array of issues that are, uh, that are currently at stake in the region that they would be the ones to be sacrificed but don't we have as Cypriots uh, a self-criticism to do when it comes to how we have handled the situation? I mean, these are issues that we should be concerned with.
1: You're right in the sense that we are um, given the chance to become the lead actors of a, a, a deal that the others are also participating and then that gave us the feeling as if everybody is really interested in us and then we are the uh, the the lead actors and we should do whatever we want if we are not happy we can uh, scrap the deal and then, then we are again complaining if the, the others are not paying attention to us anymore. And then they're trying to <laughs> make us a little chip in a bigger, bigger equation.
0: Yes. And now you have so many Republic of Cyprus officials coming out and complaining at the reaction of the, of the European uh, Union. Actually, only in the past week, you had the government spokesperson, you had the, Republic of Cyprus president, the Republic of Cyprus foreign affairs minister, they e, lashing out against the European Union and its response towards Turkey when it comes to the, to its violations in the um, inter, internationally recognized Cyprus exclusive economic zone. Uh, actually, the minister of foreign affairs even took it a step further and he even lashed uh, against the United Nations saying that it should take a much more uh, concrete and substantial approach when it comes to the issue of hydrocarbons but you know it comes a point when Cypriots need to decide what they want do they want the international community to be intervening do they want the international community to let them alone and sort their own affairs we need to decide on what we want.
1: Turkey has decided to play a power game and I think part of this power game is now Varosha how is it reflecting into um, the Greek Cypriot community and the press and uh, all those new statements by the Turkish Cypriot and Turkish side?
0: Well, Varosha is yet another example, I would say, of of what uh, of the inability of Cypriots to think ahead, of the inability to preempt the situations. We have ha- been having the discussion on the reopening of Varosha for so long, and especially after the collapse of the conference on Cyprus in Kramontana as you say, because of the wider power game that Turkey is playing, we knew that Varosha uh, would, uh, would become part of this. And we've known this not only for the past three years, but we've known this for a while. And yet even in this issue, we have refused to take action. We have refused to be proactive. And now we come now being... Again, the ones who are uh, complaining about the situation, and in all honesty, the Republic of Cyprus should complain because there are uh, United Nations resolutions that are explicit on the issue of of Varosha, and that they refer to uh, handing the the area under the administration of the of the United Nations. But at the same time, one should not use the issue and the provocations of Turkey when it comes to Varosha in order to jeopardize the prospects of, of of negotiations and the prospects of negotiations on the Cyprus problem that would allow for a comprehensive solution on the issue. Because this is the situation in which we are in and the Republic of Cyprus foreign affairs minister has explicitly said that any action on Varosha could hinder the prospects of negotiations. But one comes and wonders who is at the losing end at the moment. I mean, Turkey clearly has the upper hand. They are playing this power game that you referred to. And it is the Republic of Cyprus that should be actively seeking a solution. But the question here is, how is this issue treated in the Turkish Cypriot community as well? And so how how is this reflected in the North?
1: I think first I want to explain my own personal um, opinion on that uh, People who s- follow my um, social media posts um, It is very clear that I support that defence city should be returned to the United Nations and, uh, you know, any kind of an action regarding Baratia should uh, take into consideration the legal owners of the area and then it sh- it could be and it should be an area of cooperation rather than uh, a power game.
0: I think we can easily say that Nicosia and supports this. <laughs> support <laughs> we do, this, I mean. You. But yeah. having
1: said that, however, the reality is different. In the post-Second War world, we understand that we have international law being part of a tool, but it is not the only tool. Unfortunately, we are living in an area of different um, power games being played. You need to take into consideration those. I mean, the, the politics cannot be reduced only to international law because we are not living in such a a just world. And this is why any country should take into consideration its pluses, its minuses, its strengths and its weaknesses. And uh, this is where um, I think the Republic of Cyprus fail because you just cannot rely all your arguments in a single basket because there are different... um, even if that basket is a, is, is valid and justified, you have to, and we have to understand that there are different power games also being played internationally all around the world. Now, I think, um, in the Turkey Cypriot side, the, the pro-solution forces are not happy with the fact that Turkey is leading the role in opening Varosha. And, uh, of course, there are elections and people also see it as a, as some sort of an intervention into the leadership elections. We know that Mr. Akunju is not in favor of this move, but uh, there are also talks in the streets that when you bring it up, people say that, okay, I mean, we've tried everything. So maybe if this one works, I don't know. I mean, it is our inability to solve our problems. If you don't solve your own problem, some other people will come and solve it for you. And then it, doesn't mean that it's going to be just.
0: And I think it is also a stark example of the fact that the status quo is not sustainable, that the current state of affairs and even the state of affairs that we have been used to at least after 1974 and onwards, it is constantly changing. And as you say, We will end up, and and the Republic of Cyprus might end up having all the rights (laughs) on its side when it comes to international law, but on the ground things are not like that. And there is a a solution that is taking place on the ground and that we should be pragmatic enough to face it and choose our actions accordingly. So, yes. And again, in this premise, here comes the issue of the elections in the Turkish Cypriot community. Well, what is the current situation in the Turkish Cypriot community when it comes to this?
1: The elections were scheduled for June and it didn't take place because of the COVID, and now it is going to take place in two rounds in October. We know that Mr. Akunju is leading in the race, but because there is going to be a second round, all calculations are based on that. So Mr. Erhurman and Mr. Tatar are competing for the second round to face Akunju. I think everybody is fed up with this because it's been going on for so long. I think that we just want to get it done and and then over and then move forward because uh, it's been going on so long. It's been postponed. People are fed up. There are many people who haven't decided yet. And Akhenjiz is clearly taking a very specific position when it comes to Cyprus problem, when it comes to the relations with Turkey. And uh, this is what Turkey is not happy about. I think Turkey uh, is is very uh, adamant on making sure that Akıncı is not uh, elected. So we we will see. We will see how it's going to happen, but the fact that Mr. Akıncı is still leading in the polls despite challenging openly, uh, Turkey is very important in the sense that the Turkish Cypriots are still resisting to become an actor in the game.
0: Yes, I think that is, uh, I, I agree on this and it is interesting to see how you have Republic of Cyprus officials insisting that it will be crucial to see who will be elected. They are clearly hinting that uh, a pro-federation uh, candidate should be elected, otherwise there will be issues when it comes to the Cyprus problem negotiations. But at the same time it is one of those cases in which one wonders whether In reality, we are expecting an intransigent Turkish Cypriot leader so that we can have yet more reasons for uh, Greek Cypriots to complain and more reasons for Greek Cypriots to protest the intransigence of the other. Because in all honesty, I mean, you have a leader whom, as you described, is so clear on his relations and on the Turkish Cypriot community's relations with Turkey, uh, that I mean, we had been waiting for this sort of leader for so long in the Turkish Cypriot community, and it, it is as though we are failing to take advantage of the situation at the moment and while he's there. So,
1: when the game is uh, a blame game, you of course prefer uh, someone other than Akunju to become the Turkish Cypriot leader. We will see how it is going to, to work out, especially in the age of COVID. Well, okay, so the August is coming to an end. <laughs> we have September and then we have October. We have the elections coming up. Interesting uh, times ahead so that we have things to discuss in yes. the podcast as well.
0: We always have things to discuss. And Romaji, <laughs> we are
1: supposed to find something funny to, to finish with, but I don't know. I mean, are you going to the beach? Are you swimming? How are things? I How am, are you spending?
0: Uh, I'm clo- I'm stopping the recorder and I'm, uh, it's going to be the first thing I will do <laughs> in, in this heat. Yeah, so...
1: Perfect, perfect. I don't like to go to swim um, to the northern shores. I always prefer Famagusta, where I am from. The best... Uh, places to swim around.
0: over. As a you have carpas uh, and it's like uh, a paradise. And it, is, the it is, it is a, is a paradise, you. but... You remind me of my grandmother who used to raise me up talking to me about Glapsides and about Famagusta <laughs> and the shores <laughs> in Famagusta and no other beach could ever be the same like Angomis uh, beaches. So. When are you
1: going to take your COVID test and have your nose... Uh, still is violated so that you can come and visit.
0: Uh, uh, it's it's in my plans. It's still uh, tormenting me. For 72 me two hours. Yes, for only for 72 hours, even though I think we can take the test in the north and it will be fine. It is tormenting me that we haven't been to the north yet, but it's the same for you, Kemal. You need to come as well. Good. Hade, see you soon then. Huh?
1: Hade, see you very soon.
0: See you soon. Thank you very much for listening Thank to us you. today. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh,